You know, I love a lot of things about Jesus, but one of the things that I love is that he doesn't keep the work of God to himself. Yes, Jesus was sent. Jesus came to this world. Jesus, he proclaimed the message of God's love and forgiveness. Jesus, he healed the sick. He restored those who were hurting. Jesus, he discipled. He taught. And with that, he equipped and ultimately he gave away literally the work of God. He gave it away. And so we have uh, this reading here of Jesus sending out the 72, and when he sent them out, well, they brought a gift to the people they went to, a gift saying, peace to this house, for they were harassed and helpless. They were under attack. He, they went out and, and they healed the sick, they did the things that, you know, many had been seeing Jesus do, but now the 72 are doing it. And they announced and even warned, the kingdom of God is near. Whoa! Repent! Wake up! Be aware! Look what's going on around you. Our reading today is in the context, however, of the 72 now returning having gone out just as Jesus had commanded them to. And when they returned, they returned with joy. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. What joy. And I'm somewhat sure that you can understand their joy. It's like, those times you are assigned a task, a, a new responsibility, a new position, something maybe you've never done before, but you accept it and you go. You have fears, you have doubts about whether you'll be successful, whether you'll be able to deal with uh, the needs of this task given. And then you accomplish far more than you ever imagined or expected. And so it was for the 72. They did far more than they could have ever imagined. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. The miracles of the disciples was an assault on the power of the devil. The healing of, of a person, whether of sickness or of a, a spirit that had possessed them, it meant far more than freeing them from that spirit or that sickness. It was a matter of far greater magnitude. The Messiah had come. The disciples performed their miracles in his name, and he was engaged in the battle then against the devil that battle that he would ultimately bring to conclusion in his suffering, his death, and then his resurrection. It was this message that the disciples were to proclaim that the kingdom of God had come near. And these miracles, they were proof of Jesus' victory. 
Now, I sometimes read through this and try to imagine if I were there, how would I have reacted? And I think our humanness probably would have entered in here very easily because I think it would have been very easy for the disciples and for us, you know, to think, look what I did. I can't believe it. I healed him. And maybe you even hear it in the tone of my voice, but somehow, you know, taking responsibility for that on ourselves. And yet I believe that the last phrase is of the utmost importance here, in your name. In the name of Jesus, they were given authority. You ever watched a... Uh, a police officer uh, stand in an intersection and control the traffic with his hands? You ever notice, you know, they can put their hand up and they'll stop a semi-truck that weighs how many tons, right? Here's the question. Are they stopping it in their own strength? No, right? That 180 pound or whatever, you know, weight that officer might be, he doesn't have the strength, he doesn't have the ability to even stop even the smallest vehicle. It is in the authority, in the name of the law, that he is able to stop that vehicle. Well, my dear friends, our authority over Satan is the same way. Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. I have a feeling that's one of those verses that you and I have somehow just kind of read right past. We have certain things that we are looking for, that we you know, desire, and, and to a great extent that we need every day. I need to know God still values me. I need to know God still loves me. I need to know God forgives me. But as one of his disciples, he has given you and he has given me authority over all the power of the enemy. Let's be honest, on our own, we do not have the strength to stand against Satan. But our authority does not rest in our strength. Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. That's the reason the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not because you're stronger, but because Jesus is stronger. So you have this authority as a child of the king to overcome every attack of Satan, to speak hope, not only into your own situation in life, but to speak hope into the lives of those around you. Going out into the world tainted and infected with sin almost guaranteed that the disciples would encounter such evil and demons. But like today with us, we don't have the power or the ability in ourselves, so we must ask for power from on high, power from outside of ourselves. We must draw upon and rely on the power of the one who is the Lord over all, and yes, the one who even lords over demons and all evil, Jesus. Two years ago this week, 
our nation was reeling at one of the very worst of all um, uh, terrible uh, mass shootings and murders in Las Vegas. People struggled to make sense of such a, a tragedy, just as, sadly, we can say we have many other shootings since then as well. Now, while the Bible may not tell us the why of such tragedies, it is quick to tell us who. For our Lord reminds us in Ephesians chapter 6, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. By the way, that can apply in a lot of areas. Spiritual Warfare is very real, my dear friends, and it has very many different masks and images that, you know, trick us. Whether it is indeed the attacks that we see and, and we seem to easily identify as, that's, that's Satan's work. But I think the way right now, the accuser is dividing our nation from within, I want to ask you, but whether you are sitting here as a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent, or even a Socialist or something else, I want you to know it doesn't matter to me and it doesn't matter to our God. What matters is we know how to live together as the body of Christ, the people of God. What matters is we know how to engage one another in a civil way, a godly way, it's not just an earthly thing, it's a godly thing. He tells us how to speak together, speak to one another in psalms and hymns. Hmm. Oh well. My point, I hope, is being made. Folks, Satan shows up all over the place. Indeed, the Bible names this real and present foe of our faith the devil. And he's not just some symbol for evil. He is the source of evil. He doesn't live in myths. He is an actual being who stalks our planet and stalks us. He knows his time is short and he seeks to wreak havoc on every occasion. And so Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. He comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says in John chapter 10. You enjoying a little bit of happiness in your life right now? Let me help you with that. Are you enjoying the the fruits of your labor and a, a life of retirement or a good job and, and the blessings that come in life because of it? Well, let me warn you, the devil prowls. Satan wants to steal it. Do you have some source of joy or contentment in life? Guess what? He'll try to kill it. Do you love someone? You have a dear friend, a family member who, you know, just is such a vital and important part of your life. Guess what? He will try to destroy your relationship. 
He is the enemy of what God has planned for you, and he longs to be the destroyer of your soul. Don't dismiss him. Don't shrug him off as, ah, that's just kind of, you know, it's out there, but it's not really that real. My friends, there is a war going on. And we play into the devil's hand when we pretend he doesn't exist. The devil? Hmm. He's a real devil. Hmm. But this is huge. The devil is a defeated devil. Yes, for reference after reference makes it clear the devil's days are numbered. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, Jesus made a public spectacle of the forces of evil, triumphing over them by the cross, he says in Colossians chapter 2. Jesus strips Satan of certain victory, and even our reading from Revelation today assures us of this mighty fact. Now, verse 19 of our gospel reading may surprise or confuse you when Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You know, in Christ being all-knowing, he had seen Satan thrust down out of heaven, and with the casting out of the evil spirits, the destruction of Satan's power, it appeared. You see, the entire life of Christ, from his birth to his burial, was a victory over Satan. And this victory is transmitted to the disciples of Jesus, giving them authority to speak hope into the lives of many. The disciples that day did it, and the disciples today can do it. Jesus gave them power to step upon and tread underfoot the power of the enemy. All demonic powers that attempt to harm Jesus' disciples in their work of proclaiming the gospel are subject to them, to us. So maybe you're wrestling with this. But do you believe that you and I battle the attacks of Satan and demons still today? Now, when some of us talk about that, we're picturing, have we somehow encountered an image of a, a demon as maybe we read about it in Scripture, but I have a feeling many of us maybe wrestle with that, but let me answer for you. Indeed, we do. Many of us ignore it. We blow it off as it's just how the, the world is. Yet Paul reminds us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. Now, some of us would rather ignore this. We would rather say, la, 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 I'm not hearing it. I'm not seeing it. Well, good luck with that. We'd rather live our quiet, normal lives and not deal with it. But we must, and we can. In the Nicene Creed that we just used, we confess that we believe in the visible and the invisible. You understand what that's saying? It's not just talking about God himself. It's talking about the reality of all creatures and all that God has made. 
and that there are these spiritual forces, including Satan, including his demons, they're real. You professed it. So let's acknowledge that that includes angels and demons. You may question their existence. You may ignore. You may not see it as such, but you recognize evil. You recognize the pain and the destruction around you. That which they try to bring. Yet no matter where you are in recognizing their presence, you and I have been given authority to speak hope into the lives of those who are attacked. Consider 1 John 4. Stand on the promises of God regarding Satan. God's spirit who is in you is greater than the devil who is in the world. Or 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Revelations 12, 12, the devil is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. And then from Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full armor of God. Why? Because it looks good? No. Because we are under attack. Put on the belt of truth tied around you. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the very Word of God. On your feet, wear the good news of peace to help you stand strong. And also use the shield of faith with which you can stop the burning arrows of the evil one. My dear friends, our God has called us and He has empowered us in Jesus' name. Jesus called and sent out the 72, and they cast out evil spirits in Jesus' name. And you and I, we know people also who are under attack. It may appear as a broken relationship. It may appear as betrayal. It may appear as unfairness. It may appear as sickness. It may appear as brokenness. It may appear as depression. In Jesus' name, speak God's words of hope and restoration into those lives and situations. Pray in Jesus' name and watch the power of Christ take over and send Satan falling. Christ empowers his disciples. You and me, he empowers to deal with Satan. But this is not the import, most important fact for you and for me. This is not the greatest cause for us as Christians to rejoice. Instead, the greatest source and foundation of our joy is in the fact that our names are written in heaven. This is the incredible certainty that we have as believers. That we know that we belong to God and through Christ He has prepared a place for us in the heavens. We must therefore cling to and remember this so that we do not put trust in our own gifts or works but in the name of Jesus. And my dear friends, as those with such certainty we get to bring the same gifts to others, for he has given you authority to speak hope in Jesus' name. Amen.
And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds rooted, growing, and living for you, Jesus, standing in your strength and in your victory. Amen.